Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 30th of March 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully you'll begin to understand this, this massive system that runs the world. It's run the world for an awful long time. It's a system devised a long time ago, over 100 years ago. At least that's when they wrote about it, a lot of big players for global governance. And governance really means every aspect of, of your social existence is governed by special agencies and organizations authorized by a world government, basically. And the big players at one time themselves, who attended these global meetings a hundred years ago and more, actually wrote about it in their memoirs because uh, there's nothing new in governing the people of any country. And they came to the conclusion, the big bankers especially, uh, that it was best to be run under an economic system, a singular economic system, and everyone else would simply obey the economics of uh, the global uh, governance dictates, basically. This uh, particular group uh, began wars, they started wars, they fomented wars to achieve uh, their objectives through treaties, which come after wars, of course, and that's why you have an EU, uh, amalgamated continent of Europe, today under a single parliament. It all came out of, uh, to the end of World War II. In fact, during World War II, Winston Churchill himself said, this is in his, the book by his secretary, his personal secretary, uh, on the fringe of power. He said that uh, Winston used to uh, talk to his peer group, that's his own uh, class basically, uh, that out of this war we'll have a united, a truly united Europe. And that's what they got out of it. And the U.S. also demanded uh, that that be so. But, of course, that was the first part of it. The next part was an amalgamated Americas and then the Pacific Rim region as well. And then you go even before World War II to the big players, as I say, the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations, same organization, different country. And uh, they they talked about this too, creating a, a global government system that would have to be brought about by initially conflict between different countries to give up sovereignty. And we're pretty well there today. So help yourself to all those audios, understand what really really rules your mind and your lives and those around you. And um, remember, too, you can help me out by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the US to Canada, remember, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order to order. You'll see it all on the website, how to do it. Some people send cash, and you can also use PayPal. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And what I do is try to take today's news and link it to the past, to the big players who have come out openly in the past, uh, telling us where, where they're taking us, basically, and uh, so that you're not startled with what's coming up and what's happening today. We're literally living through a script. And if you're into the United Nations, especially into their archives, you'll get so much data, it really is data mining indeed, uh, to do with this whole world order, as they want to call it, and global governance, which is a more anemic term for the same thing. 
most people, as I say, generation to generation, have no idea. They, they, they're born into this life. They accept the system as it is. And uh, because their peer group does too, their generation does too. Every generation is catered to. And um, they don't question much at all. They're kept busy playing themselves when they're young and being encouraged now more than ever to play themselves when they're young. And once they're working, it's just uh, uh, work, 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 and, uh, and then party at weekends. They don't do much real in-depth thinking of the whys of things. In fact, again, the anemic uh, mainstream media uh, gives you the titles to follow, and that's good enough for most people. They don't question the whys of things. Sad that, isn't it? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And and just saying it's a pity that people really don't use much of their brain at all. And um, most people really accept the system they're born into. It's rather, it's always, always been rather strange to me that no one really questions the system. And uh, they really think that politicians are, are running the world. They, they really think that. And they really think that... Um, that uh, they can make a difference if they just go and vote for someone who's stuffed in front of them one day. And it's no differently than the Politburo of the Soviet, the old Soviet system, where you got maybe a choice of four different guys to vote for, but they all belong to the same boss, basically. So there's no difference at all, because as I say, Carol Quigley, who was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which has membership worldwide in every country, in all parliaments and governments across the world, and they pick and select who's going to even run. And um, and they also decide who they're going to put in, basically. Um, it was, it's just the same system, exactly the same system as old Soviets. It's the show that's important, because, you see, we live in show business. And everything from uh, the media, especially the, the electronic media, is truly show business. Marshall McLuhan talked about that an awful lot and how it distorts perceptions. A tremendous amount, in fact. Even the telephone, when you think about it, uh, even though you can hear that the voice and intonations of people talking to you, it still misses out on body language and other little things that you use to communicate. So we forget that um, there's much more to communication than simply the voice or the picture itself. And there's also a presence, which you can't have unless you're, you're sitting opposite someone. There's a presence that's missing from the electronic medium. And then the medium itself takes over and becomes and uses itself. Uh, we're really all affected by this if we're using today's technologies, and that's part of the, the, the purpose of it all, too, is not to just entertain you, does that, and indoctrinate you as well. It uh, definitely uh, gets you into lots of sidetracks that could take a thousand lifetimes for one person if you'd live that long just to keep up with if you followed all the, the nonsense that's on it. So more information doesn't mean better information, and we get really... Uh, sidetracked again by the, the quantity. We've been brought up in a, in a system of quantity, very much like Orwell's 1984, where you, the Department of Statistics keeps churning out information and data and statistics all the time. So the bigger we always think we must be better. That's why all the media out there always tells you uh, that they're the biggest media in the world, whichever company it is and television station it is. I'll tell you that. They actually advertise themselves as that. And, and it works so easily on the general public, just themselves saying it. 
if a person was standing next to you saying, we're the biggest in the world, or like Canada, the most trusted man in Canada, Mr. Mansbridge from the CBC, you'd probably laugh at him if you saw him in person. So again, the electronic media can, help, can actually influence you more than any practical reality or common sense reasoning should be allowed to do. You just don't use your common sense when it comes from that, that box. I mentioned star suckers. I hope a lot of you uh, tuned in last night and actually looked up the site. Before it goes off again, it will be pulled, I'm sure. Uh, that really shows you the simplicity of the general population who are so enthralled by celebrities They'll give their children to total strangers who say they're from television and they're going to do an ad with the child. They just can't wait to give their children away to these strangers. It's astonishing. Astonishing. And, you know, you wonder why children go missing all the time, for instance. But again, it's perception management, you see. You're taught to, to be enthralled, to look up to celebrities. This is a celebrity culture. Even the Council on Foreign Relations on sites a few years ago, they mentioned the fact you'd have to bring on board more celebrities because the general people, the public, you know, the, the cattle at the bottom there, um, follow celebrities. They, they actually believe all the public relations propaganda that's put out by experts. And you hire teams to give you an image. You hire them and they will give you a great image. And they put lots, lots of good stuff out there to convince the public you're the greatest. All the celebrities have them. That's how you make a star in music, a star in any any field at all. It's created by experts who understand the system. But it works, unfortunately, as I say with the people. And that's why they, they brought on uh, George Clooney and, and different people into the CFR as well. That was on the CFR's own site to bring them in and get, the, the, especially the younger people, to bring them in to, to start reading the CFR's predictions where we should go with the world. It's kind of sad, that, isn't it? You know, you know, people who have uh, cattle or milking cows in some parts of the States have told me before that you'd put a bell on the lead cow around its neck and the rest would follow. And one woman told me once that she put a, the bell on a different cow uh, eventually. She got fed up with the first one getting too big for its hoof, she might say. And... This, this tame, quiet cow that used to follow, because it had the bell on its neck, became a real bossy and nasty. Uh, so it, it works even with animals, doesn't it? Isn't that strange? Something that can be manipulated so easily by a symbol of something. So the symbol is being on the big screen, being on television, and uh, having lots of publicity to make it so. And people believe it. I remember I, I walked past Miss, uh, I think it was Miss Scotland once. She, she was in one of these big pageants. And I had no idea it was her and didn't care either because she, was, she wasn't tall or anything. She had a fur coat on. And all these photographers were standing. And I wanted to get past, you see, so I did. I walked past. And somebody yelled, don't you know who this is? And I says, no, I don't care either. You know. But it turned out later it was Miss Scotland. I read it in the papers. But, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Stop everything for celebrities. Why? I didn't give them a vote for anything. And they do nothing for me. So why should you basically bow down, even mentally, your own ideas and insights into things because someone you believe is superior says something? Why do you think they keep the big players on the, the mainstream uh, television 
for until they're falling off their chairs, the ones that give you the news, into their 70s and 80s at some because you've grown up with them. And daddy never lies to you. That's just the way it is, you see. And that's what they tell you uh, at the end of their shows. For years and years, you're trained into believing everything they tell you, and they look at you eye to eye every night, and you believe them. As until they retire, you look into their history and see the associations they belong to, and pretty one, everyone belongs to the Council on Foreign Relations. Many of them belong to the Trilateral Commission as well. Uh, which works as really a part of the CFR, more specialised branch. And they belong to, to various organisations for world government. Uh, and again, these are the characters you're taught. You, you, again, you, when you're young, you won't question. And if no one points it out to you, you probably will never question your whole life why this guy is still on. Why is he the most trusted guy in America or whatever, or Canada? Especially you've grown up with them and you've never thought for yourself, that's why. Everything that's presented is presented for a purpose by those in power, those who hold power and who are shifting their power, generally um, enlarging it too at the same time. And that's why there's such big money involved in someone who reads the news off. Incredible money, uh, sometimes bigger than people who make movies, for reading a dummy board. It's because, again, you've been trained, and, and if the guy's moved off, you have to get used to a new one. You might not trust them quite the same until you've, you've watched them for about 50 years or something. But that's how it works. And you have to start thinking for yourselves. There's nothing out there in the mainstream that isn't out there for a purpose. And the purpose generally is not just to say, here's some information, take it or leave it. It's to, to leave an impression in your mind that becomes your opinion. Now, we're, we're leading up to this next Rio Plus 20 summit. Uh, most folk will uh, probably have seen it come out from a hundred different angles because the mainstream media, as of course, is on board with this world agenda. And if you don't know the consequences from the last Rio summit, uh, you won't understand what's coming up now because if you think those who are informed will know this is going to be bad for everyone. Because the whole United Nations agenda for depopulation comes into it. The, the, the bringing down of farms, smaller farms across the world is, is all part of it. They don't want too many farms out there that can adequately feed the people. They want to bring in rationing, you see, uh, to bring down population. That's part of it, too. This is not a new agenda. It's an old agenda. It's only now they're on a roll with it as, as they, they get up through the years. They're on a roll with it. Now, the big organizations that, that are put, stuck into mainstream, this handouts to mainstream, sometimes a page in size, always telling you that experts are meeting at some place or whatever to discuss a problem. You always think of it as being an official thing. Well, what, is, what does official mean? You know, ever question yourself, what's official mean? It's a very important thing, that. What, what is official? Official means it's, it's somebody that you've given consent to. And yet all these big organizations that, that supposedly speak on your behalf, who have never been elected, they're all private, and, and are run by foundations and funded by the big world foundations with trillions of dollars. Uh, not one of them belongs to government. Some of them will advise governments, but, but that's, no, that's not part of anybody's charter uh, of rights or whatever else, or constitution. 
is simply because they're on board because every country is bought and paid for. It was bought and paid for a long time ago by the bankers who broke every country, basically, going back even before uh, the Great Depression. You know, there was three depressions brought on by three guys in the late 1800s in the U.S. Gould was one of the boys. Three of them got together and collapsed the whole economy three times in 20 years. And they plundered everybody's pensions and savings. And have never really stopped. You have to go into whys of things. And why have they never changed their laws to stop all this from happening again? They never do. Because they want to do it again. It's a great tool. It's a weapon. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. Just talking about the media is just so full of uh, all the massive panic that there is. We've got to do something about the population very quickly, etc. Because the, the Rio conference is coming up and every one of the media organizations across the planet is in on the big joke, of course. And they're putting a whole map, well, half, all these articles in pretending that they wrote it. Of course, they're just handouts. Handouts. Generally, there's no author, you know. And um, when they are, even then, it's just someone at CSN, MSNBC or something that's just put it straight in there from the handout. But I was looking back over the last few years, and the big organizations admit, to do with uh, sustainability, etc., that they, they must terrify the public. These are the words. They must terrify the public uh, before these world meetings, like the Copenhagen meeting and, and these ones. And this one coming up at Rio. And that's why all these things are in the paper, to terrify us all. And they always way overstate whatever. They just take statistics out there. They make them up, basically, to terrify us all. So we'll, we'll go along with something and pressure the government to sign the treaty that's already been drafted up, probably years ago. But here's an article. It's so similar to today's. In fact, they just keep recycling the same nonsense. This is from 2007, and it says, Oh, the world's cities are to expand by more than twice the size of Texas by 2030. And it says, um, this, The worldwide uh, cities are on track to expand by nearly 580,000 square miles, more than the twice the size of Texas in less than 20 years, according to experts. Experts, again, you see, at a major international science conference. Well, then when you, you go into it, you find it's Planet Under Pressure Group. Planet under pressure. And these are to do, these are for, from, these are actually university professors that are funded by big grants from the big foundations that want to, that are running the world basically. And, um, of course when you're making your living at it, you have big grants thrown at you that's way bigger than your salary, for instance. You're going to be all for this kind of thing, self-interest. And these guys have no problem lying through their teeth about things to terrify the public. And a good cause, you understand. So it says that um, experts meeting at the Planet Under Pressure 2012 conference in London said, and that was coming up to 2012, you see, they've been playing this tune year after year for the Rio meeting, said in a statement released by the organizers Tuesday that unless changes were made, humanity's urban footprint would increase in size by 1.5 million square kilometers by 2030, etc., etc., etc. 
And then, of course, um, that same year and the year after that and the year after that, I've given you the actual quotes from the United Nations, the ones that they say they're getting all this from, this information from, that actually admits that by their own statistics that the population in the West has been declining, plummeting for years. So these guys lie through their teeth, teeth every year when there's a big global meeting coming up to do with environmentalism and population control to scare uh, the bejesus out of everybody, you see. And I guess it must work pretty well because they keep doing it. Repetition, Bertrand Russell said, always works. Just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Plus you have a population at school that's utterly brainwashed into this stuff. By design, deliberately. And that's, and that's a nasty thing too. And you see that social engineering is really the, the job of schooling today. That's what it's all about. It's social engineering. Uh, and, and again, big think tanks come on and... Uh, and the professionals get on board in psychology to make sure that all their 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 toolkits to teach the children are perfect. You know, they, the toolkits are designed designed so that when you say a word to a child, you know by previous um, uh, experiments where that child will go with that thought. You know in advance where they'll go with that thought, and so you've got the next part ready, and the next part ready, and the next. And so you guide them into the desired opinions at the end of their their lectures. It's all psychology. But again, it goes on again with, with adults once you leave school too through the media. So, again, you've got planets under pressure. A planet under pressure is a big one. And uh, another one too is um, the Earth System Governance Project. It's another big one too. All funded again by the same uh, foundations. And the Lund University is called um, for, for Center for Sustainability Studies. And they've got institutes all over the planet as well. All awfully well funded to brainwash us into giving up all rights, getting sterilized, uh, and to bring in euthanasia. That's all part of it too, you know. If you're all, if you wonder why it's all coming together at once, you know, not just increasing abortions, uh, and, and now euthanasia for the elderly, because you see they cost too much. They cost too much. After paying taxes their whole life long, that they cost too much, you see to keep them going a few years longer. So it's better just to give them a cheap pill or, or, or a cheap shot in the arm. That's what it's all about, you know. Nothing because there's no, there's no empathy at the top for people who are in pain, believe you me, unless it's themselves. And they don't, they don't get the kind of treatments that we get at the bottom. So be careful about what you read and how your mind is played with. And when you do fall for, for you go, watch the news every night at six o'clock. Ask yourself why. Why, why do you? You're, gonna, you're, not, you're not going to hear anything that's going to be of any use to you or make you feel better. I'll give you trivia and some happy little nonsense, but the real news is going to make you, simply prepare you for the next massive uh, increase in taxations or the cost of living or whatever where else it's going to be. That's what it's for. Why are you addicted to it? You've been trained to be. Psychology is used in everything, including all mainstream, how it's presented to you. Again, just like the horror movies, the amygdala part of the brain has got to tune in to see how it ends, even if it's a rotten movie, because, you see, you put yourself in the movie for, for survivability, primitive instincts. That's why you tune into the news. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the build-up to the Rio summit and how we're brainwashed, basically. It's all, I'm sure television is doing a real steamroller uh, with this one too, because they, they've got the main job to, to because they've got more people watching television and reading papers today. But they've got the, the big job of convincing the public to go along with what's going to be called austerity, you see, austerity, poverty, basically, for all of you, but not for the ones who rule you, obviously. And they have no idea. The general public are kept in the dark, like all generations have kept in the dark. Remember what government is. It's a minority that rules by deception and power and then ultimately force. If they can't use persuasion, they use force on a, a population, whether it's a king or democracy or republic. Or That's what it is. That's what it is. And, of course, today, with um, they don't use religion, so they've invented their own religion, which is to do with eco-science and various other kinds of sciences to make us believe that they know better, uh, these specialists, than anyone else. And we do believe them. We're taught and trained to believe them. Some have even said it was heresy to, to, to contradict them, heresy to go against the global warming stuff. Oh, you're a heretic. If that's not religious, what is? Now, you forget, too, that the Council on Foreign Relations the Royal Institute of International Affairs, when they set up their organization, they set up a, a group that would be specialized for the Pacific Rim region to eventually build China up to a mainstream power, which it did through trade agreements and so on, and financial aid, which we're still paying today, and also to bring in Australia and New Zealand and a few other countries into the Pacific region. Eventually, the European Union was to expand to take the whole continent uh, under, under their, their uh, plans, and a United Americas as well. And uh, they gave uh, to the West, they gave us, uh, first I think it was a G4, to deal. You know, they, In other words, they would amalgamate your prime ministers and presidents together in a club. A club that, again, it wasn't in anybody's charter uh, of rights or, or constitution. This made a little club, you see. Didn't tell you they're all members of the, the CFR. And uh, then the G20 came in after the G8. And we forget, too, that for the Pacific Rim region, the CFR designed the G70. And China sits in the chair at the head of that. So here is from uh, China, and this one goes back to 2009. And it says here, Copenhagen, population and climate change are intertwined, but the population issue has been remained a blind spot when countries discuss ways to mitigate climate change and slow down global warming. Now, I've read before many articles from the big players who said that any excuse would do to try to bring down the populations and rewild the planets. You know, they want to turn it back into a, a sort of medieval society almost. According to Zeo Beige, uh, it says here, Vice Minister of National Population and Family Planning Commission of China. And it says, dealing with climate change is not simply an issue of CO2 emission reduction, but a comprehensive challenge involving political, economic, social, cultural, and ecological issues, and the population concern fits right into the picture, says Zeo, who is a member of the Chinese government delegation. Many studies link population growth with emissions and the effect of climate change. See, they're tying it all together now. That was the, that was the only thing. Remember, it was the Club of Rome who were given the task of finding an excuse to bring down the population. And in their book, and I've read it on the air, it's in the archive section at cuttingthroughthemates.com. In their book, it says they were given the task by the United Nations to find some means to unite the planet under a global governance system and bring down the population. 
And they, they said uh, eventually they struck upon uh, um, climate change or global warming. That would, and, and famine and droughts and, and the like, they said, that would fit the bill. And once they're all on board at the top, believe you me, it's like weapons of mass destruction. It doesn't matter who you speak to, you'll hear weapons of mass destruction. Same thing. It works, you see. They're all on board with it. Swedish China says, calculations of the contribution of population growth to emissions growth globally produce a consistent finding that most of the past population growth has been responsible for between 40% and 60% of emissions growth. It's the greatest workout. It's magic out of nothing here. So stated by the 2009 State of World Population, released earlier by the United Nations Population Fund. Now, the Population Fund of the United Nations is population control, for those who don't quite get it. It says, although China's family planning policy has received criticism over the past three decades, Zeo said that China's population program has made a great historic contribution to the well-being of society. As a result of the family planning policy, China has seen 400 million fewer births, which has resulted in 18 million fewer tons of CO2 emissions a year. Now, this is, again, a simple a transformation from the economists of the 1920s, because it's still the economists who run the whole planet, you see. And as they try and convert something that's um, infinitesimal to something else that you think is tangible, it's just pure magic. It's like a religion, but it works with the public who can't figure it out. And when you can't figure something, you go along with the expert because you believe, well, he must be right. He's the, he's the expert. It's all magic. But the United Na- Nations and, and China, China has once again especially said uh, that the G20 must reinforce uh, its population reduction plan. They said that just recently. In fact, an article I read a few months ago. So, uh, again, you, you've got these three trilateral, basically, groups for the world, for the continents. And they're on board together, all run by the same head, because that was one of their mission statements when they formed the organization in the first place. All they have to do now is convince the public and then train the public. You know, the younger generations have been trained. And it's so interesting to go into Julian Huxley's old recommendations at UNESCO, United Nations again, where he, where he said they can actually encourage promiscuity, like Bertrand Russell said, as long as they don't have children. They'll find ways through science to stop them having children. That's, so so the, the youngsters don't want children now. So they've been trained beautifully. It's, it's, that's fantastic, isn't it? To take millions and millions of people who haven't been born yet, and then once they're born, train them. That's, you know, it's like can, a candy store. Sex is a candy store. Go out and do what you want. The state will take care of any problems if any do arise. And there's no reason for any to arise in the first place because, you know, we'll give you the pill cheap or, or free and free abortions and all that kind of stuff. And we'll treat your venereal diseases for you too. So there's no point being what you call good in the world. Like, you know, I'll be a good person and I won't catch all those nasty diseases. You see, now you're forced to pay for the treatment for all the ones who, who will go along with it all and pay for their abortions. You see, that's communism. But the bankers use communism because they created it. You've got to have the dialectic to get change. Quite something. Now, the FBI is a different topic here, but uh, it says the FBI taught agents that they could bend or suspend the law. It says the FBI taught its agents that they could sometimes bend or suspend the law in their hunt for terrorists and criminals. Other FBI instruction material discovered during a month-long review of the FBI counter-terrorism training 
warned agents against shaking hands with Asians and said that Arabs were prone to Jekyll and Hyde temper tantrums. That's how they described them. These are some of the disturbing results of the FBI's six-month review into how the Bureau trained its counterterrorism agents. So then they do a, did their review and says, well, it's not very nice, etc. No one's been had their knuckles wrapped for it, etc. And, and that's what it goes on to tell you. But other all all ethnic groups have been broken down into into character traits, basically, and how to approach them, and all that kind of stuff. But if it doesn't bias your mind against people, well, they're prone to tent, temper tantrums before you meet them. Well, well what does, eh? Another article here is that it's from Britain. It's about Britain and other places in Europe wanting to travel to Mexico, Canada, or Cuba. And it says here, I'll, I'll cut through all the nonsense because it's a travelogue type thing. But it says, um, it goes on to, to, to justify the terrible events of 9-11, blah, blah, blah. And it says, up till now there's been a simple way to eliminate the danger of being denied boarding on an aircraft. Don't buy a ticket to America. But as independence revealed this week, you, you may now fly to Mexico, Cuba, or eastern Canada only if the U.S. authorities agree. It says the Department of Homeland Security requires airlines to send passengers full names and dates of birth at least 72 hours ahead of departure. This is even if you're not going over American airspace, by the way. And it says the plane, the plane will leave the gate only when the U.S. says so. And a spokeswoman insists the U.S. government has the authority to review its entry into its territory, any flight it deems to present a threat to its security. Consequently, British passengers flying to popular destinations such as Havana and Cancun, as well as to the major Canadian cities of Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa and Halifax, face the prospect of being barred from a flight by officials of a country which they do not want to visit. This is well, a Heathrow to Mexico site, a city flight uh, spends several hours travelling U.S. airspace. Other journeys covered by the new rules do not. They don't go over the U.S. airspace. Canadian carrier Air Transit warns passengers who book to fly from Glasgow to Toronto and Gatwick to Halifax, routes that don't use uh, touch or touch U.S. airspace, that failing to supply personal details could result in passengers being refused to fly. It's got to be reported to the Homeland Security. So, so I, guess the, I guess the U.S. now owns all, all the space across the Atlantic. So Simon Hughes, deputy leader of the Liberal Democrats, said the UK government should engage in urgent and constructive discussions with the US authorities to make sure those travelling between Britain and Canada, Mexico and Cuba can have the same rights as people on any other journeys around the world. So it's getting crazier and crazier as power is concentrated in fewer and fewer hands. And no one really objects much when you see them concentrating power into their, their hands. No one really says much at all about it. And with Ireland, as you mentioned, two Ireland's uh, the only country I think that gets referendums to do with the EU because it's part of their constitution. And it says Ireland's referendum on EU pact is to be held on the 31st of May. And uh, the Republic of Ireland will hold a referendum on the European Fiscal Treaty on the 31st of May, Deputy Prime Minister Eamon Gilmore has said. Mr. Gilmore told the Irish Parliament he was confident that a majority of the public would back the government in supporting the treaty. This is where they can go into and, and, uh, and get looted and robbed to make sure that every little country gets floated, even though they're constantly sinking. Mind you, Ireland's already taken a bailout because they were conned into getting broken in the first place, like every other country, by the same banks, by the way, the Goldman Sachs bunch. 
And um, so, so really, you, you have no freedom if, if you're indebted to these uh, people. I'll be polite and call them people. But um, it's disgusting what's happening, that the banks have been allowed. It's because, after all, the banks have always really run nations. They've always run nations. And I presume that they'll always keep this in, in place, because why give up power? The families run the big international banks. You ain't going to give up power. Why should they? Who's going to make them? That the riots in London were sparked off supposedly by one man getting shot by the police. And it was a setup because they admitted initially when it came out uh, that uh, the people had noticed that these police, you know, in the bushes next to this flyover or whatever it was, or a bridge, day after day before this van went past, and then they just shot them, the people inside it, or the guy inside of it. And then they lied and said, well, this Mr. Duggan had a, a gun, then he changed it to a starting pistol, now there's no gun at all. You see? So it says, Mark Duggan's inquest may not be held. Here's his democracy in action. A pre-inquest hearing into the death of Mark Duggan has been told that there may not be an inquest at all. So they can kill you and, and say nothing. Mr. Duggan was shot by police on 4th of August in Tottenham, North London, which was followed by days of rioting. Then the Independent Police Complaints Commission said sensitive material relating to police decision-making may have to be withheld from the coroner. What means sensitive material relating to police decision-making? What is the sense? Kill him? Go kill him? Is that the sensitive material? The citizen investigation had been delayed by its findings and may not be available until, until early autumn. That would be more than a year after the shooting. If no inquest can be held, the coroner, Andrew Walker, said an inquiry would have to be arranged in which some evidence may be heard behind closed doors. That's your transparency for you. It's just, you know, people are putting up with this, but I know a lot of the young are getting sick of it. They're getting sick of it too. That's why really the riot was started off, because there's so much harassment. The cops aren't cops anymore. They're a military, they're a military organization, paramilitary. You give them full automatic machine guns and, and dress them up like ninjas. And, uh, and they watch all the movies. They grew up with them, the movies too. They want to be the bad guy that's got all the power. The authorized power. And they want to use it. And they forget all about law. They're out there to hunt on the, on the public. Predators, you see. Sorry, Mr. Duggan, a father of four, was a pastor in a minicamp which was stopped in Tottenham by police as part of a planned operation. He died of a single gunshot wound to the chest. So initially, police said Mr. Duggan had shot at officers that claimed that ballistic tests proved to be untrue. Now, whoever made the claim should be in prison then, shouldn't they? Because they have to have some initial inquiry into it. And, of course, it's supposed to be illegal to tell a lie, it's one of these preliminary inquests. Anger over the shooting sparked riots in Tottenham on the 6th of August, with the unrest spreading across London and to other parts of England. At another pre-inquest hearing in February, the IPCC admitted making a mistake by saying Mr. Duggan had fired at officers. How can you make a mistake? How can you make a mistake? These are supposedly the experts in the police who do all the measuring in their tapes and all the rest and photographing and all firearms are, firearms are experts in, how can you make a mistake? I mean, if they make a mistake when someone's really got a gun, for instance, I mean, 
you know, maybe they, maybe they make so many mistakes that people have guns and they don't have them at all. I mean, you can't make these kind of mistakes, you understand, in this day and age. Because they also said, I remember at the time, that they had a, a pistol on them. Anyway, the hearing heard that the family of Mr. Duggan has suffered a complete breakdown in confidence in the police watchdog. Well, they're not the first and they won't be the last to have that. Because police have been given a, a, a green light to just go ahead and start shooting people in every country. It's a standard now just to taser folk. You know, standard. I wonder how they managed before, eh? Because they used to manage. But now it's, it's even when they got them down on the ground, they've got to taser somebody. You know, they actually wanted, and I had a big talk last year about it, the right to, to inject people or suspects with something that would knock them out. But because they weren't part of the medical association, they ruled that out. So they just taser you instead knock you out. What a world, eh? What a world. It's pretty brutal, you know, but, but we've been kept in cotton wool for a while between uh, World War Two and the present. And, and the present, of course, is becoming much like it used to be, where the king's men simply went and, and ran riots and killed folk at will and got off with it. And peasants and for hundreds of years put up with that. Well, we're back in the same spot. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and we've got George from Ontario on the line. Are you there, George? Yes, how are you today? Not bad at all. Not bad. I'm calling to ask you about, uh, if you know anything about the heavy amounts of drinking, how they're being done by females and especially the younger population. The, the drinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm younger, right? And uh-huh. uh, it's not uncommon at all for a for people to drink about a quarter of a litre of vodka or more oh, actually yeah. in a night. Yeah, it's, it's huge and it's huge everywhere now across Britain, Europe, everywhere. It's um, In fact, I watched a, a documentary, I think I even put it up, uh, with uh, the drunken females, uh, the biggest problems now in the hospitals in Britain. They're coming into the emergency every night, just, just dozens of young females who are found in the middle of the street after getting loaded to, to where they can't even stand. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I've also noticed is uh, here in Canada, at least uh, bars and clubs, they close around uh, 2.30 and they're not allowed, actually 2 o'clock, I think, they're not allowed to serve alcohol after that, which actually increases the rate at which they have to drink at it. Because, That's right. <laughs> That's right. I guess what you'd call it, a full nights of drinking. So yes. they have to really speed it up, which makes it even worse. Well, that, that's right. It accumulates in their bloodstream and then hits them all of a sudden. And they're drinking these little, as you say, vodka shots, you know, and, and uh, one after another like crazy uh, with a little bit of fruit juice added to them. But um, it's the same all across uh, Britain. They've had politicians stand up and saying it's, it's becoming a pandemic almost with young females getting carried in by people finding them on the road after a good night's boozing, you know. One thing I've noticed now is that when you go into like they, they call them like party stores, they have a different ways that you could uh, drink. There's one where it's like a funnel, literally you put it in your mouth and you can get a beer yeah. into your sawdust and you can get gas into your car. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And they have like uh, drinking games and things like that. And nice. I, I don't know if this is a new phenomenon or, or if it's something that's been uh, 
been going on for a while now. It's been going on for a while. It started actually uh, in, in the 70s, uh, uh, early, uh, in a, a more minor form. But uh, Margaret Thatcher said at that time that there was going to be generations that would never see work in their lifetime get used to it. And as she said, it was better to have the unemployed, especially in the youngsters, in the pubs. And she did away with the opening times and closing times during the day. So it was, you could be in the pub all day long. It's better having them in the pub and getting drunk than having them on the streets protesting and rioting. And she says this is the way that the future. Yeah. It's the same with the marijuana as well, I guess. Oh, absolutely. There's so many drugs out there today. Most people are either drinking or doing that, and nobody's really taking initiative for anything else. Yes, and again, it's been all promoted uh, for years and years and escalating for years, and it's it's an acceptable way uh, by the authorities for keeping uh, them quiet, basically. Um, as I say, they don't protest. They, they, uh, they live to get blotto every weekend, a lot of them, because their lives are so boring. Uh, and they're doing petty little jobs. You can't get ahead. Everybody's in the service economy, you see. So you're stuck in some dead-end job, stacking shelves or serving clothing to people or whatever. And there's no future. There's no reason to, to really put go all out to get higher. They know there's, there's, there's not enough jobs out there. That's, that's right, actually. It seems really self-destructive. Another thing I actually mm-hmm. wanted to mention was um, a lot of people my age, everybody's complaining, I'm bored. You know, nothing mm-hmm. to do, girls and guys, both of them. Where I find in other countries, it's not exactly like that. Say, particularly maybe in Europe or yeah. or, or in other places. So, uh, and it really seems designed like that. I mean, even, even to go to a bar or a pub here, you have to drive 10, 15 minutes. I mean, you can't really do anything without a car. Yes. It's a very, yeah, very, right. very small amount of the population that can actually do it without a car. Yes. So they really, they really bring that in there too, and it really seems designed as well. It is. It is. Uh, as I say, keeps them off uh, fr- from protesting, getting into serious stuff, and um, it's promoted from the top down. But uh, thanks for calling from Hamish from South Ontario, Canada. It's good night, me, your God, your God's go with you.